Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to On My Block Packers Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wall. Thanks for watching. If you're enjoying, please hit the subscribe button, rate and review us, all that good stuff on our Process to Perform channel on YouTube. Hit me on Mike Wall 68 on Twitter, Process to Perform on Instagram. I have a TikTok if you go on there. I don't really put a lot of stuff on it. I don't know why I have it. My daughter told me to get it. It's kind of a weird place to be. TikTok feels like a weird place to be. Listen, we're talking Packers football, Packers Rams. Packers are now three and a half point favorites. Um, and this is what we'll get about it. We'll get into it a little bit, but the, the spread at BattleLine AG, our sponsors, is really, I think, a, a, a proxy or a, or a conversation about Matthew Stafford's thumb, right? Uh, Bet Online is the last uh, is the last bastion of, of sports betting in the United States. You cannot bet anywhere else except for betonline.ag. The last of the major sports leagues is off and rolling. College basketball is ready to go as well. BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. The NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time Head to the Bet Online site today. And remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. It feels like, I feels like maybe I copied that wrong. It wasn't clean. But go check out betonline.ag. It's a, it's a good site. It's got everything you want prop bets out the yin yang, uh, parlays, everything you want. It, it is fun. It's fun to use. My fantasy football team, we don't like really playing fantasy football, we just like spending time. So uh, we started doing parlays a lot, and it's it's been up and down, as you can imagine. It's been up and down. So the Rams are coming off a 20-43 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. It was 33 to nothing at some point. I mean, the Rams are hurt, right? Before that, though, Matthew, Matthew Stafford gets hurt 22 snaps into the game. Sorry, 22 pass snaps into the game. Before that, though, Matthew Stafford's been dealing, man. All pro uh, wide receiver Cooper Cup's back. They've got this Ricky Pukunakua uh, playing at a high level. But Stafford gets banged up, and really, we don't know. He didn't practice Wednesday. He's day-to-day with his thumb. But he's got a bye week next week, so the suggestion might be that they're going to just let him rest and figure this thing out. They're not going anywhere. They're three and five, right? And they don't have – I mean, I don't even know they're ever going to have a first-round draft pick again. So they might be you know, searching for a, a draft pick they can trade away to somebody else. They're not going to win a lot of games. I was on a. They're not going to win games without Stafford throwing a football. I was on a, a show yesterday in LA, and the the consensus out there is they'd be a, they'd be a one win team without Matthew Stafford. I mean, that's just kind of where they think that that team is. Um, I tend to disagree when I watch this film. They're actually better than I thought they were at, at a couple positions. Quarterback Brett Rippin finished the game five of ten for forty two yards in 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 Stafford's absence. He's who would line up under center in Lambeau this weekend if Stafford can't go. The Packers are coming off like two weeks ago. I said they're coming off the worst week of the season, uh, worst loss of the season in, in the loss to the Broncos. But I think this Vikings game, being into the division and just getting handled the way they did, 
it's a real gut check. I think it's a gut check, especially in the locker room. And you top that with you, you get rid of, you trade away Rasul Douglas, who's a locker room leader. And I know there's a 9 million, you know, cap hit $9 million for a starting corner and a, and a locker room leader in the national football league is not a, a lot of money. It's just not. And when Goody says, Hey, we're, we've moved up to get a top hundred pick. It's like, it's always interesting to talk about the perspective of time. It, so Goody gets on and he's got this presser and it's a big deal this week because we're shot. They, they're no good. I think they're two and five. Rashawn Gary got paid, which is awesome. Four years, 107, $107.5 million extension. I forgot how much guarantee, but worth every penny. Uh, and then they they trade Rasul, who's a locker room leader. And then the what comes out of the locker room via Twitter, via presses is, you know, Zaire Alexander, um, Keyshawn Nixon. They're all just saying like, and I thought I felt reading, and I, of course I'm not there, but reading the 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 comments by Alexander were ominous it was like this is the guy that was the glue in the lot he was holding our group together it sounded like he was saying i don't know what's going to happen now because things aren't going the way we want anyways and this was the guy that was trying to hold everybody accountable you saw how frustrated he's been not only after the game but during the last two games he got picked two games ago got beat for the touchdown in the corner of the end zone and then Last week, they had a, a misread on a zone where they had two guys going to the flat. He had outside leverage on the outside receiver. He ended up going blah, 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 blah. He's the look, He's going palms up and looking around like, where is my inside help? Because I have outside leverage. So there's a couple things where he was frustrated during the game. He made some comments after the game. And then he leaves. And then the, the one of your top defensive players is like, he was the guy kind of keeping everything together here. So that, you know, I don't know how I feel about this. So interesting stuff. It's interesting also, I think when you talk generally about the perspective of time in the National Football League. So obviously the Green Bay Packer fans and the organization in general has had 30 years of good quarterback play. So they're used to competing for the NFC division or the North Division title. They they think they're always going to be in the running for the NFC uh, you know, conference championship, at least be in the at least have a have a seat at the table. And now they don't. Um, they, this is one of the, one of the worst teams in the league record wise right now. They've got a lot, a lot of things to figure out. They're very just dysfunctional from an execution standpoint on, on the field. They don't look, you know, this is a lot of the stuff that, that we've said on this show over the last couple of years, talking about what is, you know, when we have to pull the veil off when you don't have a hall of fame quarterback, we're all, we're seeing every bit of it right now, but Goody's job is to play is to you know win now but if he doesn't win now generally speaking a general manager can go i'll get a coach that can win right now i'll get a coach that can do a better job coaching these guys up and i'm not saying this is going to happen this is how it works the perspective of general manager is to win now but really be competitive for years and years and years that's how they maintain every person in that place except for the player is thinking about how they're going to keep their job tomorrow that's how it works. And so you fit into whatever bucket that is. So the coach has to win now. If the coach doesn't win now, Josh McDaniels just got fired. People are going to get – there'll be another firing before the end of the year. I guarantee it. Because people want to get ahead on the coaching cycle. They want to pick up Ben Johnson or somebody. 
So everybody's trying to win now and proving that they have the locker room. They don't want to lose the locker room. They don't want to, they want, so they want to keep, stay competitive, but the general manager is willing to get rid of the locker room leader and a starter at a, at a very important position in, in a group that's not doing very well because he has a different perspective. Top hundred pick. Hey, we went to a top hundred pick in the next year's draft. Well, have you know, the question has to be like, well, how have you done with the top hundred picks? How's that look the last? How's the third round draft picks look for the last couple of years? And I don't want to get into it, but it's an interesting conversation to have. And then these players are going, well, wait a second. We're thinking week to week, not only with our jobs, but are also like, this is our team. This is our life. This is literally what we've wanted to do since we were six. And now you're taking away players that can help us do our job better. It's just a really, it's, it's a part of the business. that's very difficult and it's difficult, especially externally to understand why everything's happening you know, why Goody comes out and says these next 10 games will be really important in evaluating certain people. I think he was talking about Jordan Love, uh, but maybe not specifically. Um, talks about how well the offensive lines play. He says Rashid Walker, who just got benched, how well he's been playing. Josh Myers, who has been in a public scrutiny, how well he's been playing. It's just it's interesting because I think their perspective is different. And the other thing that's super interesting about football, and this happened, uh, I, I mean, I know this. I don't know if this happened to me, but I know this happened. Like I've seen this firsthand is, you could be in the same building with the personnel, talking to the personnel guys about a player on that team, and then go down the hall and talk to the coaching staff and get a completely different message. So, in other words, you can go to the personnel room and you can look up at like, you know, left guard, left guard, Mike Wall's up there at the top at left, or it, offensive line, Mike Wall's up at the top of the offensive line for the personnel groups. And then I can walk down the hall and go to the offensive line coach or the tight or somebody else. And I, you know, Mike Walt might be, I might be fourth or 10th. I don't know, but it's a combination of the personnel guys are looking at a certain set of facts, right? What they see on tape, what they think is supposed to be happening, what the athletic traits are, what's his demeanor, et cetera. Et cetera. And then the coach is going, well, I hate that guy, or I don't like the way he studies. or I don't like the questions he asks, or he's, I, we have to work too hard to teach him. Or he's not doing this one thing that I really want him to do, and it's making me angry. And that influences the way they see these players. So, you know, I guess my there's a lot of you know listener questions about how can he say this when this is happening. It's like, well, there's they have different perspectives. And even though they're in the same building and they and they communicate, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Coach LaFleur and Goody communicate all the time. That doesn't mean that they're on the same wavelength with everybody and the other thing that, that happens quite frankly is when i was in miami i forgot the name of the first gm that was there he had like if anybody who's seen animal house double secret probation he had double secret uh grading scales for the personnel that he wouldn't share with the rest of the with the rest of the building you want to talk about dysfunctional building this guy had uh, personnel reports for players on the team that he would give to coaches. And then he had a separate report with separate grades and, and separate language that he would only give to the, the personnel staff. He was, he was withholding secrets. And so I'm just telling you, this stuff happens. It's nuts. It's nuts. The defense this week is, is, is looking at a simple Speaking of Rasul Douglas, the defense is, 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 playing against a very similar opponent to last week's team, and that's that's not a good thing. The L.A. Rams do a couple good things well on offense. If Matthew Stafford's playing, he can deal. 
He'll hold the ball. He can take sacks and all, but he can throw. They got multiple guys on their team that run great routes, that know how to get open, that separate at the at the at the corners. They run a lot of a lot of different route combinations. They put themselves in a position to be successful. They can put up points in the secondary. They run the ball better than we do. Not great, but better. Seventeenth in the league. Um, they have a couple guys up front that can move that can move people off the ball with double teams. So it it'll be super interesting this week, especially if Stafford plays on how that secondary shows up uh, against this Rams team that, quite frankly, can do some things. Let's watch, uh, let's watch a little tape and get into this a little bit with the defense first, I think. Oh, offense first. Look at me. Let me change something real quick here, guys, so I can make sure that we get enough of this tape on here. So the Rams' offense is 22 points per game, 14th in the league, 354 yards per game is ninth in the league. So they can, you know, so maybe some red zone issues, but they can put up yards. Uh, 110 rushing yards per game, 17th in the league, and then 245 yards passing the game, eighth in the league. So Matthew Stafford's eighth in the league, passing the ball. Uh, he has over 2,000 yards, uh, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, 19 sacks. He gets hit. And he stands in the pocket. They run a lot of deep crossers, a lot of cross, a lot of things that take a long time to develop. The big issue for me right now is, is for them is at running back. And this guy's averaging. Uh, Kyron Williams goes down. He goes on IR. He might be coming back soon, but he won't be coming back this week. Royce Freeman's been playing. He's averaging 5.3 yards per carry on only 21 carries, but he misses holes like you will not believe. And so if he just figures it out, like they they can move some humans, and they do it out of 11 personnel, which is kind of nuts. Like we talked about, Puka Nakua is leading their team right now. Uh, 61 catches, 795 yards, two touchdowns, two, two out well, 47, 361, and three. And the Cooper Cup, 21, 30, 16, and one. They're all back playing together to play well. I would say this. This team's super interesting to watch because they run almost exclusively out of 11, which means these wide receivers get in and get dirty. I'll show some tape. They block. They run a lot out of close formations because of it, because they're running 11 personnel. They got to get those – uh, wide receivers in to dig out safeties. Our safeties have opportunities to make plays in the box. And I, again, I really think that their offensive line does a pretty good job at double teams on zone blocks. Uh, and then they utilize these wide receivers as backside guys of the split flow stuff. You'll see tight ends. You'll see Cooper Cup do it. It's nuts. Okay. They're very, very average up front on pass pro. That should be a possibility if no bloom plays over Rashawn Gary. It, it's an opportunity for us to get home. Um, Dallas made some plays on them. Certainly they've obviously got a really, a, a really revered pass rush, but you know, I think we have some players up front that can win as well. Tons of deep crossers, tons of dig routes. Um, you do have an opportunity to affect the, uh, affect the throw. These two guys, all three of these guys that will include, they're really good route runners. I mean, they really know how to separate at the edges, separate on the breaks. Uh, I think something that we struggle with is, is, the separation that is created on the turns, right? We play a lot of soft zone. Guys aren't comfortable being manned up. And when you start running to that stuff on an either soft zone or man, like you, you create separation on turn. And these guys do it at an extremely high level. The screen game for this, these guys has been great. Uh, they're running this play, which is an old X shallow cross screen left. So you look at cup up top, they're going to follow him across with the linebacker. And this is basically turns into they bring they bring the slot, they go 
they follow him across with the linebacker and all it's now all of a sudden it's just all you can eat. All he has to do is beat one guy, makes a great play, gets yards on the zone drop. Then they run it again here off the under center play action pass. And this is what we we're talking about last week with, uh, I think this was with Nixon. If you don't go over there and try to blow this thing up right now, there's no reason to delay. You got 700 pounds of anger coming at you. Like you're not making this play. And they get down and you see this like a 40 yard gain. So this is something you got to be aware of from the Green Bay Packers standpoint. They're going to try, especially if Rippon's in the game, they're going to try to utilize the talents at the running back position, maybe more out of the backfield. Uh, talking about Royce Freeman in the screen game, we get those guys, those big guys out front and move. And what we're talking about from just being able to hit a hole, man, it takes a village, right? We talked about this, the Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love, uh, it's tough to evaluate him because there's so many mistakes being made other places, right? That's partially true, obviously, because um, there is 11 people on the – you can only control what you can control. And to that point, look at the lane here that is just absolutely whiffed on by this guy. There's holes in, in the defense that he just did not see. Um, and this happens multiple times during the game. So if this guy can just straighten himself out a little bit, you're probably thinking to yourself, like, they got a chance to run the ball. Uh, they're running over 100 yards a game now, but they could, you know, this is a 150-yard ground game easy in this game if they just, if he follows his blocks. These double teams are good. Steve Avila, the left guard rookie, big body. I mean, those guys are both five yards driven off the line of scrimmage. That's just big time. You look over on the right side of the screen here, you got four dudes five yards off the line of scrimmage. That's winning football. This running back's got to do better for them, certainly. You just see the in-cuts and crossers all day long. The thing that happens a lot with this team, Cooper Cup gets mad respect. So he's going to get bracketed. He's going to get doubled. People are going to follow him with their, either with their eyes or with their feet, and that just leaves opportunities for these kind of longer-developing plays they're going to follow him across. And it's like, this is a very easy read for the quarterback. If you're going to follow my guy across, well, I got a double crosser going. I'm just going to hit it the other guy. And they did this all day long. And they do this every week, especially now that they have Cooper cut back. They're running out of, or out of a two-by-two two look here. They go, they go play action with the guard pull, which, as you know, is one of my favorite things to see. And they're running two guys deep on single safety. As soon as that safety declares where he's going, he turns his back. We go to the underneath player. I mean, whether he makes the play or not there, you just see the opportunities abound. And we've had those issues really. You just always go back starting with Minnesota last season of running the up and unders and how that is a, a problem sometimes with the soft zone defense that we tend to play. They run a switch release here. And this is just kind of scheme stuff, but if you want to take advantage of a soft zone, you just run this switch release. Now these two DBs have to decipher who's going where, who's got who, and you're you're creating that natural separation for these like quick outs. Okay, like there's no way just based on his alignment that he's ever going to be able to make that play. If I back the play up. If I can back the play up. All right. If I back the play up here, you can't run the quick out from the NFL logo, right? And this is why this is why teams do what they do. So you motion in, softens up that, that zone defender, and now all of a sudden 
you've given yourself the exact same look, but you're 10 yards further in, easy, quick out, switch release. And Stafford will take what he can get. He's not one of these guys. He's not going to be a greedy guy. Well, and especially Ribbon's not going to be a greedy guy. They're going to run these. They're going to call those plays, run them, run them effectively. Now, if they don't do it, this is what happens. This is, you know, they don't go into motion. Or if you play uh, press coverage on the top of this, just like we talked about the bunch release last week, if you play a little bit tougher with the, with the uh, release on the first guy, now all of a sudden that second guy's got some more options because the route has been impeded. And when that happens, and you see Stafford gets a little greedy over here because he has the in cut on the tight end. Uh, I think that's on Parsons, wide open. Makes the mistake, goes pick six, okay? So it's just how you want to play that look. If they're going to line up in it and you can press coverage and you can get a little bit in, in the first guy's face so they can't run the underneath stuff because they're going to want to switch release out of that and they're really good at it. But if you slow down the first release, now you got the opportunity as that second zone player, that deeper, that deeper DB, to be able to break on the ball. Like I said, they run out of 11. Their guys inside will do dirty work. Tyler Higby's in there at the tight end position. They'll run a lot of split flow with him. You see it here. Uh, Cooper's going to get involved. I just think, again, they do a pretty good job identifying. I think Micah Parsons was coming down in the A-gap here. I think this offensive line is – I've always thought the offensive line for the Rams was not very good. This year is – I really like what I see from the interior, at least in the run game, like the footwork, like the body position, everything. Small sample size, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you. See, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup both, I circled one of them, but they're both going to just, they're getting involved. The point is here, you got a lot of guys that are trying to pay like Alan Lazard did for us, okay? I'm not saying they're as good as Alan Lazard. What I'm saying is everyone, because they're always running out of 11, they get in close formations and they try to dig those safeties out and they just put time in. They don't always make the play but they're always trying to put time in down here. Let's them stay in the formations that they want to stay in. You see Cup is actually the split flow player here who comes back on the backside defensive end. Or linebacker, excuse me. Formation tendencies. We just showed some of this, but you know, the point is they'll run some, they'll have to run out of close because they got to dig out those safeties. I think you see it here. Six comes down in the box and you got to run out of close here because your receiver is diving for him. has got to get in there. It's almost, and you know, a lot of things happen when you're down 33 to nothing. So I'm, I'm not going back and watching too much tape on these guys. But they're probably going to, you know, at some point, you just got to run your offense. Like, you don't have a play sheet for 33 to nothing. So you're running the stuff that's in the game, right, Against the uh, and game plan against who you got. So if you bring down safeties in this game, fire your gun. You know, trust your eyes and fire your gun because these guys are coming for you and they do put work in. Um, when they spread out, right, it's most it, more likely than not it's going to be a pass. In other words, the run formations as you go through this tape are, are pretty evident. They're not doing a lot of fooling you. They're just trying to keep the same personnel so they can run at their pace. You see Puka Nakua is in here, split flow. 
leading on the backside with this tight end. So he helps Higby dig out that C gap and create a lane for the running back. I mean, these guys are just like, – I love it. I love that you got running backs that are willing to put in dirty work. It's fantastic. So they got bunch formation, and they did this a couple times, you know, basically to a three-by-one side, to a trip side, whether it was bunch, whether it was just trips. And they do some pin-and-pull stuff, and they're pretty effective with it. I thought their left tackle did a good job of getting around. And those receivers just – they put in work in the run game, man. It's 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 impressive. You have to be able to deal with with physical receivers if you want to play against the Rams. You see out of trips, they're just going to run another pin and pull. Cup gets up on Micah Parsons and does a good job. They get a 12-yard gain. You got a two-by-two look. Same thing here. They create separation. Look how he comes down the line of scrimmage. This is a 20-yard dig route. So there's a lot of time to get to the quarterback on a 20-yard dig route, but you see the separation that he creates. So they occupy the middle safety, and they immediately, with, with the uh, the deep corner, and that guy stays on his line across the middle. They got a four-receiver set. They chip out with the back, and what we're going to look at is the, the inside, well, I guess the second from the left receiver cup here. Because they're going to bracket him, they're going to follow him with two guys, and Higby comes behind him, or the backup tight end, and just follows the leader. If the safety is going to bracket Cup all the way across the field and turn the backside safety into a single high look, then just follow the leader here. Catch the ball following literally in the same footsteps as the safety. Walk in for the for the touchdown. So offensively, they've, they've got talent. And I think, you know, when you think of – when I think of the Rams because of – Aaron Donald, I was I've always thought about the defense just because he's he's one of the, he's probably the best defender of certainly of this generation. But when I think of the best defenders I've ever seen, uh, I you know everybody talks about Lawrence Taylor, but I, I think of Reggie White because I got I you know he got to I got to get that club and him flipped me on my head a couple times. But I think of Reggie, I think of JJ Watt, and I think of Aaron Donald. I mean, those are the three best guys I think I've ever seen. I, you talk about Warren Sapp and John Randall and. Certainly, that's fair. Um, but you know, these guys are exceptional, exceptional. Aaron Donald is an exception. He might be, he might be the most unblockable guy that I think I've seen. Just because, from a leverage standpoint, I, I don't quite understand how to block him. When I look at uh, when I look at the Packers' offense versus this defense, um, you know, like we talked about before, Goody said it's it's difficult to evaluate certain positions because of the way everybody else is playing. Like, like I think QB one, you know, there you have enough people that are underperforming. I don't know. You, know, you don't call them out by name, but there's certainly from route running to blocking quarterback decisions, just catching the ball. There's just thing missed, missed throws, catching the ball. There's just things that aren't happening. Being on the same page, pre-snap reads, being on the same page, pre-snap, like all the things that Aaron Rodgers was getting upset about last year, you kind of go, not necessarily with the same people, but you kind of go, yeah, he was, you know, he he might have been cranky, but there's there's a point to the madness, right? You can't operate at, at an elite level if you don't have that attention to detail. This team's still led by Aaron Donald. Um, he's going to, I think Eldon Jenkins had, you know, his kind of breakout game versus him a couple of years ago. He gloved him up and they started pushing each other. I think that's how he got on the map. 
So you kind of feel good about that matchup. But you look around the rest of the team, and whoever's got to face Aaron Donald is going to have problems. He's just a he's still an elite level player, four and a half sacks this season, you know, a number of pressures, just commanding double teams, pass rush win, win rate is extremely high. Um the the injuries in the secondary have, have, have caused the Rams to play a ton of soft zone. That's something that they lament. They do not want to they have given up yardage in the passing game just for playing as something they're not familiar with and they don't really like. The Cowboys put up 304 yards passing and four touchdowns on them last week. So they're certainly something they're going to going to try to address. I really like their young box players. Um, I really like a number of these guys. You talk about their Brian Young. So 97 Michael Hoyt last year, he's lost like 20 pounds. He was, he was like 305 pound defensive end. They came out last year. He had to play in a two point every once in a while. He's lost some weight. He looked good this last week. Um, I love Kobe Turner, their, their, their third round pick from this, this season. Uh, Byron Young, they're another third round pick from this season. Both guys are playing a lot. Ernest Jones is having a good year. Third round pick for 2021. These guys are good players. They're fast, but there are opportunities all over the board in the run and the pass game against this, this team. This is just a very, very average to below average football team when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. I think they're actually outperforming maybe what a lot of people thought they were. But that doesn't mean that they're not uh, very, very beatable. Let's go some tape on these guys. Talk about it. Last week, they started out this game versus the Cowboys. And you're going to see the jump shot here by 97. They were absolutely, I mean, like the first seven plays, they had like three sacks, three or four sacks. Uh, and then, so now we're going to see Barnier on the other side, number zero, right? He gets by the right tackle. This is all in the first series. I think this is the second series where Zach Martin gets beat by AD. And then they have a keep passing. This is play five or six. I mean, they're just racking things up. And they're playing better up front. The, it's so funny what happens with, you know, somebody said momentum's not a real thing. Oh, it is in the minds of athletes. It doesn't have to be real. It's what you believe. If I don't think I can beat somebody, I probably can't beat them. And with this game... You know, the difference between the Rams making this a competitive game and not could be as easy as the left guard 71 for the Dallas Cowboys, 73 for the Dallas Cowboys, held the heck out of Aaron Donald on the play after this play. And they completed a third and long to C.D. Lamb, and they were off and running. And, you know, it's at that point, pick six, then, you know, touchdown, pick six, 14-0, game's over, right? But these guys started off gangbusters, man. They played at a really high level early on. See here, they're going to run some games. And I, I just put this in there because if you look at the Packers running game, it is abysmal compared to what the standard is, I think, for the team. But honestly, Jordan Love's probably our, not our leading rusher, but as far as yards per carry, I think he's up there. I think some of the best runs this year have been on quarterback scrambles. Now, whether we like that, you know, especially if you're going to bring five and not spy a guy, there's opportunities to run against the, the, the Rams in this defense, especially when they play that soft zone and those linebackers drop. One thing you can do with penetrating defenders like Aaron Donald likes to get up. All these guys like to get upfield. You can run toss crack plays. You can run those pin and pulls. So you can work lateral on these guys get your big lineman downfield, and then start going vertical. You should really look for a couple opportunities in this game 
to get outside and run the toss cracks, especially like a Zach Tom side where you feel like athletically he's going to be able to do some damage out in space. Um, Aaron Jones is back. makes a lot of sense. Like I said before, Byron, I think this is Byron Young out here, number zero. Uh, he's just, he's playing fast. I watched him earlier in the season doing a scouting report for the Rams for another, uh, for another team. And he's playing a lot faster now. He, the game is you know not too fast for him. You can't run a lot of these, a lot of the stuff, you know, the reverses that we throw in on like a fourth and one or a third and five. Tough to run to his side, tough to run to both sides. I think they're pretty good at hawking the ball down. One thing that Dallas Cowboys did is they went three by one a ton and they just attacked, attacked the single receiver look. And unfortunately, uh, Darian Kendrick, number one, was the guy that they were going after more often than not here. You'll see it up top. So they've got a, a bunch look down at the bottom of the screen. They got everybody looking over there. As soon as that safety goes to the middle of the field, they've just got time to run a 15-yard out. And, you know, this kid's – there's like three guys in the league that can just single coverage with no help, and this isn't one of them. But the Rams have put him in this position, and they put him in this position multiple times during the game. Now you look at this situation where they have a safety who's going to the middle of the field and reading the eyes. And as soon as he steps to the middle and just opens up that slant, like Dak just takes it. And this is what we're talking about. You got to be decisive sometimes in the game. And guys, some look, there's two or three in here where they don't make the catch. I'm not interested. I'm just trying to figure out how they, you know, how do you beat somebody? How do you attack them? This is what they look at. You got your single receiver on the bottom here. Three up top. Safety rotates. Go back to the top here. Sorry. Same kind of look here. They bring the safety. And so the near safety to the bottom of the screen has to gain ground towards the middle. As soon as they do that, you know, they drop the defensive end, but they're running a deeper slant. Open in the middle of the field. Nice 20-yard pickup. Essentially a one-on-one route. Ferguson, for the for the Cowboys, has done a really good job since they dealt uh, Schultz to uh, – or they didn't deal him with free agent leave to, to the Texans. Uh, my fantasy football tight end, if anybody's wondering. But you saw this play, and so they go to the they go to the uh, the trip side, and look right now. As soon as that safety opens up, and these guys are even, right? This is almost like a. I mean, this is really like a cover four. I mean, we could call this you could call this a cover two man, but really this is cover four here. Even though the the linebackers running down the middle. You see just the way, or at least I don't know if it's, I can't tell what it's down here. I shouldn't say that. But as soon as that linebacker or that tight ends, even with the linebacker here, this ball's out. And so decisive throws win. And this is a great throw and catch, but you can't make this catch unless you can make the throw. And you got to give him a chance to be successful. That safety is taking himself out of the game with his hips. As soon as the quarterback sees it, he lays it out there. Ferguson makes a great play. Really bad, really bad celebration. Now, they're running a screen game here, and everybody tags the screen the same way. The Green Bay Packers have done this for 30 years. You have some sort of shallow cross on the screen. Why? Because 
if the linebacker doesn't follow the shallow cross and the safety is indecisive like they are here, the play is just wide open. And this is the, this is the theme with the Rams secondary is the indecisiveness or maybe seeing too many things flash in front of them. So you, just, you get these easy plays for 10 yards at a pop. And these are the kind of plays, you know, we talked about last week, the Green Bay Packers, every time they get a first down, it's like a breath of fresh air, right? So these are the kind of plays that you put in, switch releases, shallow crosses tagged, tagged with your, your screen game, opportunities to just get these easy routes. This is a great setup. Again, we're talking zone coverage and leverage. When you move the wide receiver in, now they have to, these the, the corner and the safety have to figure out who they're going to cover. It's not as obvious to them, okay? What, what happens when things aren't as obvious? I'm not locked in. I play a little softer, okay? So they bring the wide receiver in. They show uh, blocking by the tight end here on, on, on 51. He releases outside to the flat. Both guys go initially with the go route. So they just he runs right between the safety and the corner. The safety's trying to get down because he realizes the corner is still is staying with the receiver. And you pick up another 15 yards. These are just easy plays. You see, Ford has the tight end. But right now he is he has inside leverage on the receiver. Okay, so we can't just let him catch the ball right now. I don't know if this is a miscommunication by the two of them, but they're playing soft. And this was, again, the theme of the day when you talk to some other guys on the Ram side is the soft zone coverage is killing this secondary. Got to be able to take advantage of it. You see here. Go back. Excuse me. So they got a three by one again. And now this time the safety, he's not trapping. He's reading eyes. And they do the underneath. They do a quick dig. And they throw to the single receiver who's got outside leverage from the DB. They run that deeper post route into the end zone. And this safety is in no man's land because he's cheating to the three receiver side. It just happened. It's all over tape over and over and over again. You just got to make the throw. They motion back into a bunch. And again, what does the bunch do? It confuses the defense. And they're not pressing on the first guy. Everyone's getting a free release here. So they have to figure this all out. The Actually, the inside guy becomes the, the arrow route out to the 40-yard line on the, in the flat. And they're willing to give this up. And they're, they haven't decided how to switch this off or if they're, how they're going to zone this off. And because of that, it's just there's a constant stream of action. And this is what good teams do. I'll go back real quick here. They look at this player and they go, we have a two-by-two two look. And we're going to switch release this. And the only reason we're doing that, because that corner and that safety, that's a safety down the line of scrimmage, 
know that that corner's got outside, safety's got first man inside. What happens is, and it's subtle, but as soon as that safety walks out, just takes those two steps to get in front of that that, uh, tight end, the underneath route's open, period. Two steps is all it takes in the National Football League. He takes those two steps to mirror the first receiver inside. And he's beat. Now he's beat across the field. 10-yard gain. And that's what it takes. It's just being able to see that stuff. You see it on tape, right? You rep it a bunch of times at practice. You get the right looks from the scout team. You watch it on tape that night. You ingrain it into your brain. As soon as you see it, you trust it. You know it's going to happen. You make the play. And that's what this team, I think, is working towards, certainly. But not quite there yet. Got some matchups. Got some keys to victory. And this is all based on Matthew Stafford playing. You know, I think there's. I think it's a touchdown game. If Stafford doesn't play again, I just his talent level and what he means to that passing game, I think is it can't be overlooked. Number one matchup: Rams eleven personnel versus this Rasul Douglas less secondary. I think that's the number one matchup of the game. How they how is that secondary going to respond against Puka, against Cooper Cup, against Tutu Atwell, against Tyler Higby, against that screen game? How are they going to respond? without their locker room leader. And do they take that as a signal that the season's over and, they, and they're playing for pride, which is, you know, everybody plays for pride, but it is a tough thing to play for. I mean, it's a lot easier to play for pride and playoffs versus just pride is what I'm saying. It'll be interesting. I think that's the number one matchup, though. How do they deal with a lot of the stuff that we just saw on tape? How do they deal with the switch releases? How do they deal with the precision routes? How do they deal with the double crossers, the deep digs, and the, and the follow-ons? How do they do that? Because Sean McVay is a genius, right? Number two, because they're going to run out of 11, the Packer line, linebackers and safeties versus that Rams interior line, tight ends, and then also the wide receivers. Because that safety wide receiver matchup in the box, that's what breaks these, these runs. And this kid's got home run potential, He's just having a real hard time seeing some things. At least he did last week talking about Royce Freeman. But he could scoot. He's averaging over five yards a carry. And if he gets a couple, if he gets into a rhythm, I again, I thought that Rams offensive line, and I think the Dallas Cowboys are easy to move. Okay. They're easy to double team. They're not big up front. I know they brought Mason Smith in from uh, Michigan. He hasn't done anything. But the rest of the guys, the guys that are in that game to pass rush and to be that you know disruptive Dan Quinn defense, they can get moved off the ball. So I don't know if it's going to be the same with TJ Slayton, with Kenny Clark, but I, I was impressed with what I saw. And I, I'm super impressed with the way those, those wide receivers put in work. So I think that's a big part of the game. Because if, they, if they're a one-dimensional team, especially with a hurt Stafford or, or a backup quarterback, this is a completely different ballgame. Then number three, Jordan Love and the receivers versus pre-snap looks. Just getting on the same page pre-snap. We saw it last week when they, you know, we missed the arrow route. We missed the slant. We missed the the uh the stick, the double sticks. We missed a lot of stuff 
that pre-snap, we just got to be on the same page. I don't know if there needs to be communication. I don't know if there needs to be a head nod, a wink, you know, whatever, whatever you need. But we need to be able to get to defeat the pre-snap looks. We need to be 100% on pre-snap so we can function at a high level, high decision makers, fast players, play speed, post-snap. So those are the three matchups I'm really interested in seeing. Uh, my keys to victory are, are pretty simple. Be on the same page, what we just talked about. Packers need to uh, they need to take the easy wins. This offense needs to get first downs. Move the chains. Okay, You can only do that when everyone's working smart. Just being on the same page. Make the mistakes the same way. Offensive line is just a great example of like, if everybody does the wrong thing, like if everybody runs the wrong play, but everybody runs it, play can still turn out all right. But if one person runs it wrong, two people run it wrong, you got real problems. That's how people get hurt. The consequences are real serious in the National Football League because you got these big dudes trying to hurt the people who have the ball. No mental errors in blocking, no mental errors in route running, no mental errors in reading defenses. Just keep it simple. Be on the same page this week. Number two, you got to be able to get to this quarterback. And I think to do that, and we saw it with the Cowboys pick six, you have to be willing to press and reroute Puka, reroute Higby, reroute Stafford, or actually reroute uh, Cooper Cup. Stafford will hold the ball. They have long developing routes. You need to, you need time to get home. And this is one of those games where if you run over the top as a pass rusher, if you run over the top of Matthew Stafford, you should immediately be on the bench. Just make, make him feel your presence. If you get up to level, you have to collapse the pocket and bull rush in. Do not run over the top of this guy. Not worth it. Number, number three, I think this is a coaching thing. Keep the game plan simple. I think from a roster standpoint, the Packers have a better roster overall than the Rams. I, I know that they have you know, a Hall of Fame Defensive Player of the Year guy. But if you just look at the totality of this team, they have the advantage at quarterback. Is he hurt? Is he not? They certainly have the advantage at the wide receiver position. Um, defensively, though, if you take away Aaron Donald, I think this you would think the Green Bay Packers have a much better defense. Offensive line, uh, you know, is 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 very similar. I just think this these rosters, um, the totality of these rosters against the opposition's matchup, I feel pretty good about. Keep this simple. Don't get into a scheming contest with Sean McVay. Sean McVay was basically out a good portion of last week, you know, because his, I think his wife gave birth to their, their first child. He's going to be back. This is this is not going to be a watered down version of their offense if 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 Stafford's healthy. So they're going to be completely schemed up. All you need to understand is you have to win your matchup. When your number's called, do your job. This game is not about scheme. It's not about how many things I can draw on a piece of paper. It's about an individual's ability to win their one-on-one -on -one matchup given the positional requirements of the sport. If you do that, good things happen. If you do not do that, that's how you lose. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this game. I, I It's a three-and-a-half pointer. Again, I think a lot of that just swings on the Green Bay Packers' ability uh, excuse me, on Stafford's thumb. I got one listener question I just wanted to, uh, wanted to pick up. How do you see the interior offensive line blocking versus Aaron Donald? 
And a lot of the questions are surrounding about the Green Bay Packers running shotgun. I think they ran shotgun on third and one last week. Look, shotgun gives you options. Okay. Um, you can still run dive from shotgun. Obviously, where you manipulate the, full, the the running back makes a difference. We're not the we're not a, a tush, we're not a rugby scrum team. Obviously, a lot of teams look at it are working at it, but we're not a rugby scrum team. But shotgun does give you options, lets you run RPOs, lets you you know lets you see the defense a little bit better. That's maybe that's just where Jordan lives more comfortable from. How are we going to block Aaron Donald? How are you going to account for him? It's not really just the interior offensive line, right? Because they'll move him out to tackle or defensive end if they think that's the advantageous position. He's gotten multiple sacks over the left tackle in games recently. So there's always the, I'll send the center to him every time. There's the, I'm going to put, back in the day, they would put the running back of the tight end in the B gap and play it that way and just chip out from the B gap. Uh, James Campen used to do that a lot when he was running the offensive line. That would be the blocking scene. If if it's me, I'm going to continue to try to move the pocket a little bit more. We saw that one play on third down where they waggled out. Keep passes, although he got a sack on keep pass last week. But you run your keep passes, your sprint outs, your quick throws. You frustrate him. There's a there's a game plan that's you know, that Matt Lafleur ran against the LA Rams two or three years ago, where I don't think they actually threw like a five step drop back with Aaron Rodgers. They threw like four of them the entire half, and they were all like one two three four five balls gone. So in terms of like real pass pro, where you actually had to block Aaron Donald, there was like four or five chances the entire half. And the ball was out. There was no deep developing plays. There was no, you got to hold, you got to work. So if you really want to get the guy, or if you really want to make sure he doesn't affect the game, you just got a game plan around how good he is. If you don't think your guys can block. Because I mean, I'll just flip it and say, if I was Aaron Donald, I would just stay away from Elgin Jenkins. Not because he can't beat him or he can't be, because Elgin's, if you, you know, we did a thing last week where, you circle Elgin because he's the only one doing his job. So just go find – you can look at the center, the right guard, right tackle, left tackle. All of those guys are pretty viable options for an Aaron Donald talent. So don't waste – if I'm the Rams, I'm not going to waste a single rep playing over the left guard because Elgin's had pretty good success against Aaron Donald. So why mess with it? You know, go over and, and – and listen, he played Zach Martin last week, so he they don't care. They, he can beat anybody, and he thinks he can beat anybody. I'm just talking about how I would – if I could game plan a, a way for him to be one-on-one on Josh Myers, one-on-one with John Rennie Jr., more often than not, that's what I would do, right? Five down lineman plays work extremely well, walking up, using their 51 defense where you run four down lineman, linebacker outside, and then linebacker in the middle. And so it's a nickel look, um, opening up single you know, one-on-one pass rush. That's the kind of stuff that I get super interested in if I'm a, a Rams a coordinator, but – have to see what happens. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Listen, the journey that is developing these players into what you want them to be in a, in a couple of years from an organization standpoint, from a locker room standpoint, it just takes time. And uh, I preach patience here, although we try to be as honest as possible about where we're at currently. So hope you're enjoying. Hit the subscribe button, rate and review us. Check me out, Michael68 on Twitter, Process to Perform, and Instagram. We'll see you guys soon. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.